Welcome to Abiding in Hope, a production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Marianne Jepson. My co-host is Father John Sims Baker. He is a priest of the Diocese of Nashville. We welcome your questions on Abiding in Hope. Please do send them at abidinginhope.com. And Father, how are you doing today? I'm Finer than a frog's hair. I thought so. I thought so. <laughs> and that's mighty fine. <laughs> and that's mighty fine. Right. I think our, our listeners, probably the regular listeners, know how to answer that. When they <laughs> you mean we have regular listeners? I thought we would probably scare them off. <laughs> well, if they haven't People already come fallen back. asleep by the time we get to that question. <laughs> We, that we, pushes them right over the edge. <laughs> we have talked about um, having a putting a series of our shows together for for those who have difficulty sleeping. In, <laughs> a cure for insomnia, cure guaranteed. For insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> so you can listen to them at night when you're struggling. Anyway, we're off the rails already, Father. We need prayer. Not surprising. All right, let's pray <laughs> in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you and we bless you and we glorify you today. We know there are many, many souls, many people uh, who are in a, a dark place or a difficult place um, and need to remember to turn to you. We ask you that we today might help people to turn their hearts back to you to lift them up, to lift up their hearts to you and to find hope there. We ask all these prayers through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And we ask for the intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, Father, during that prayer, I was thinking that so many people, and a, and a, a lot of our the questions that we receive really are um, heavy questions. They're, and so we appreciate those questions, and um, but... We don't just take heavy questions. We take lighter <laughs> questions, too, don't we? Could we do we that? Can we, I, I think can we, we do can. that? I think we can. I think there can be questions, anything about the faith, about just, uh, you know, something that might stump you. Uh, whatever. Or why are all these good things happening to me? Yeah, that would be good. Does Jesus love me more than he loves my sister or my, my co-worker? I, I don't know. All right. Well, let's get down to business. So our first question is this, Father. My husband and I have been married for 30 plus years. I'm a very practical, matter of fact, live in the real world type of person. My husband, on the other hand, is a chronic obsessor and worrier. Worry has consumed him for our entire marriage and my patience has long run out. He suffers from depression as well and takes medication, but has never been willing to go to counseling. He thinks I'm the one that needs counseling. Our minds work so differently. My way of thinking, which I've expressed often, is that he has nothing to be depressed or anxious about. We have good jobs, good health, good kids. Just get over it and move on. He says he can't help the way he is and thinks I should be more empathetic. 
Do you have any advice on finding common ground? In many ways, we lead separate lives. Thank you. Father. Well, what I'd say, first of all, is I think something must be right. You've been married for 30 years. Well, that's a good point. Praise God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what I would try to do, first of all, is obviously something's right. You know, you obviously have some skills, you know, to cope with these things. You also, there must have been things that have gone right that brought the two of you together in the first place over all those years ago. And so use your memory to help you as well. Mm-hmm. Remember the good stuff. Remember, I think sometimes when you find yourself in a place like this, which is, as Marianne was saying before, sort of a dark or heavy place, mm-hmm. I think one thing that can help a lot is bring a little sweetness in. <laughs> <laughs> bring back some sweetness. Remember those things that, you know, your husband delighted in at a certain point in your relationship or that you delighted in or and and try to bring some of that back both for you and for him to be able to just sort of lighten up a little bit in a, in a lot of different <laughs> maybe meanings of that word um there is a um i think it's a quotation from chesterton who said that angels can can fly because they take themselves so lightly <laughs> and so sometimes we we can let ourselves get very heavy, you know. So, um, so I, I, so remember the good things. Look at what's going right. Remember the the things that have bring some of the sweetness back in. I think that can help. Another thing too is, at least if you can do this, of course. Um, you you can only be responsible for what you do. And I think one of the things that you can do is to really try to live the vows of your marriage in this particular situation by thinking of your husband first and saying, he is actually feeling this way, even though maybe I don't understand why he's depressed or anxious. He is feeling this way. There's something that is troubling him. There's something in that sense that's wrong. And it might be something objective or it might be something just sort of in as, you know, in in the way he is, as you put it there, or it might be sort of a combination of both. But I think if you start out with, with that as your starting point of like, how could I help? You know, that sort of servant heart. Um, you know, it doesn't change any, none of these things change any of this, right? But it changes you. (laughs) It changes where you are and your perspective and can help you, uh, you know, to, to deal with this and, you know, be sure to, of course, always to pray for your marriage and pray, you know, for your husband and pray for wisdom to do this, to live in this selfless way, because it's hard to do especially when we live in the culture that we live in, which is so much of a, uh, you know, me first kind of culture. It's, you know, it kind of rubs off on us <laughs> no matter how much we might try to, to, to keep it that way. So, um, again, I think this is one of these things where try to see, you know, what is good. I think your impulse in your question to find 
common ground uh, is very good. You know, maybe on your part to sort of say, well, I don't know what, it doesn't seem to me he has reasons to be depressed or anxious, but he is. Let me Let me think about that. And then maybe if your husband could say, well, maybe if he could be moved a little tiny bit from just saying that's the way I am to, well, maybe I could change a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, because that's the name of the game. And, and to have that hope, that's the name. You know, Blessed John Henry Newman said to live is to change and to become holy is to, to have changed often. So uh, there's hope. There's always hope. And to bring those, I think, into that situation. But again, I just encourage you, God bless you for being faithful to that commitment that you made 30 years ago. Indeed, indeed. It it doesn't sound like it's been an easy 30 years, you know, and I, I want to acknowledge that. It sounds like it's been, um, oh, you've had difficult times and that, as you say, you in many ways lead separate lives. That's um, That's a sad thing, but that's the kind of thing that can happen when two people really have such different ways of viewing the world and viewing the situations and all. And it sounds like you have been staying in the land of fact and um, and what's really going on. And he, on the other hand, maybe has gone more towards the side of emotion of things. And um, and so I I agree, like, very much everything that Father said is to stay in the ring and God bless you for staying in the ring. And, um, but it says here in your question that he thinks I should be more empathetic. And so, um, what does he mean by that? Have you asked him? Because maybe as with anything in marriage, there's always two ways, you know, two different perspectives. And so to be able to to listen to each other and really try to understand what they're saying is might he and I'm I have no clue but might he have a similar thing if he wrote a question um to us might he be saying the same thing I don't know but to be able to have two people sit down and and discuss these things what does he mean specifically about he thinks you should be more empathetic. My guess is you're the one that's listening to this radio show and he's not. And so you're the one that we have to work with here. Um, and this is, and you could be the game changer taking this back to him is if he wants you to listen more and to be more empathetic towards his struggle, what is exactly is he saying with that? Um, ask him to be specific. What does that mean for him? Now, the one thing I very much disagree with him about is he says he can't help the way he is and in th- in the way he thinks. And I I do believe that he can change the, the how he's thinking about that situation. And I would encourage you to um, stress to him kindly and gently that, yes, you can change the way you think about these situations by being rational in terms of the anxiety. Now, maybe with the the depression and all, he might need to go back to his doctor and see if they can switch up his meds or, or maybe there's something in his 
diet. Maybe he's deficient in, in a lot of the things, magnesium and vitamin D and various sorts of things that could be a problem as well. There are doctors that can, can help with that. I would be sure that he gets a good physical and I would encourage him to maybe look at those medications. But to say that he can't help the way he thinks is he can if he's open to that. And so, um, I would be very practical in, in explaining those things to him, and he does need to understand how you feel, but how you communicate how you feel to him is vitally important because our nonverbals in communication can take a marriage right down. I mean, years and years of uh, poor nonverbal communication, um, just the tone of voice and things can really cause a lot of problems. So you have to be very careful about how you communicate to him, right. your frustrations with this marriage, right? And and just take uh, again, just this is entirely on and you for you because again, that's who we're talking to. You're the one who asked the question, and try to also keep a supernatural point of view to try to look at this from the point of view of he- from heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're in, when we're in the thick of it, that's very hard to do sometimes. But but to do that. Uh, to keep your eye on heaven, uh, and, um, and and what's really important in that in that long view, mm-hmm. and I think that then can also often help. Even if nothing changes, it can help you, frankly, you know, to change to realize that um, thirty years is a long time to be in a situation like this. But thirty years is not a long time from the point of view of eternity, you know. And so um, it, it can help us, with again, with your perspective. It doesn't mm-hmm. change things, uh, but it, 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 it can change you. Mm-hmm. This is your path to sainthood, mm. you know? Amen. Yeah. Okay, Father, um, we have another question, but if you are just tuning in, I want to uh, reintroduce what's going on here. You're listening to Abiding in Hope, a production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio on AM820. I'm Marianne Jepson, and my co-host is Father John Sims Baker from the Diocese of Nashville. And we accept your questions at abidinginhope.com. Please do send them in to us there. And so, Father, our next question, these are both um, really kind of family life type of questions that we have in the show right. today. So here's the next one. I grew up in, for lack of a better phrase, a mentally messed up home. There was abuse, neglect, and no sense of home being a safe place. As an adult, I've worked very hard to forgive and invite God into all the places that need healing, and I'm doing well. The problem is my mom, who is still, who still tries to drag me back into the muck. I love her dearly, but our relationship is exhausting. As I feel I have to be constantly on guard against her subtle attacks on the progress I've made. She accuses me of not caring when I try to point out the insanity of the ways she looks at life. How can I maintain a healthy relationship with her without being swept into the dysfunction? Well, I, again, I think this is another one, of, like so many of our of the questions that we receive are ones that that probably a lot of people who are listening can relate to in some way or another. And so I know this is a very difficult situation. I really applaud you for, in a sense, rising above 
uh, a lot of the you know the dysfunction you may have experienced you know growing up um and i can understand how sensitive you are to not being sort of dragged back into that um and i would just encourage it to um let that that forgiveness go very very deep and that love that you have uh, for your mother to love her you know as she is which i think you're 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 doing and trying to continue to do um but also you know to realize probably the limitations of the relationship that you have with your mother uh you there may be you may still be trying to have more of an ideal relationship um more of a functional relationship than your mother maybe is really capable of. And so what I encourage you from your place of health is to, again, look for and take the good that is there. You know, there are some good things in this relationship. There are some things, the love that is there, you know. Um, and, and to take what your mother can give you and to offer to her what you can give her and and just let go of the rest. Sometimes I think maybe we, we keep hoping that, okay, this is going to be what it ought to be <laughs> or maybe what it should have been. Mm-hmm. And maybe right now, just from where your mother is or that's right, that's not really possible. And so let go of that expectation so you won't be disappointed, you know, and Take the try to concentrate and build on the good that is there. You know, what are some things when you deal with your mother that are positive? You know, maybe some common interest that you have, maybe something that all that maybe seems to bring out the good in her, or some thing. You know, and just really concentrate on that. And these other things where she, in a sense, it sort of sounds like maybe tries to push your buttons. It sort of seems just you know, let your buttons be jammed. <laughs> just. <laughs> Try to not let them be pushed. <laughs> Just sort of let's move on from that, and uh, almost like you don't hear it or whatever. And and uh, um, so that so that you can concentrate on the good that is there. Um, and and God bless you. You obviously care, you know, and you want this to be as good as it can be. And sometimes we have to to you know to be willing to say, okay, I I accept my mother as she is, not as the way for my sake and for her sake that I wish she were. And so maybe that, maybe that would be helpful to some extent. I think that's a, an even deepening of your experience of forgiveness that you've had. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this question too, isn't there, Father? I, I'm thinking, you know, starting off with the the abuse and neglect and the messed up home as she describes it and the home not being a safe place it it's almost as if there's the real possibility of being re-traumatized every time you know mm-hmm. you go back and look at the house or every time you hear her voice on the phone or or whatever it is it can really trigger right. those kinds of things all over where you know you might immediately just want to shut down like it's the, you know, the nails on the chalkboard kind of response or the, 
going right to tears sort of response all over again, like I can never get through to this woman, and there's she just keeps doing it over and over. And I love the fact that you've tried hard to forgive and invite God into all of those places, and you can never, ever stop doing that because that's so important both for you and for her. Um, but when she tries to drag you back into the muck, as you said, you know, I loved father's analogy of allowing your buttons to be jammed, not pushed, <laughs> you know, don't allow her to, you can say, we, I'm not going back there. I, I cannot go back there. We're going to move on We're, we just can't do that. It gets us nowhere. And if, if you're going to, try to take us back into that again, then maybe it's time I go home until we can switch gears on this because it's it's not been productive to do that in the past and it only gets us in a bad place. So we have to stop that here. I would prefer to have an, an enjoyable time with you today. So what is the good thing that we can do? What would you like to do? Or what would you like to talk about that's something that as Father had mentioned, what are the good times? What were those things that that you did have that were enjoyable? And talk about those. You may have to be redirecting these conversations all the time, but do not go back to those places. And yes, it's going to be exhausting. So you have to have an exit strategy when you're exhausted mm-hmm. and allow God to take care of her beyond that. Right. You know, you may have to limit your exposure from time to time. So if you're Phone conversations were um, in the past every day, and that was her expectation. Well, I don't know. Maybe they don't need to be every day, or maybe they don't need to be for a half hour every day. Maybe they need to be shorter and check in, because you do have to take care of yourself in this as well. If you're going to remain a helpful daughter and a good daughter to her. The point um, when... (laughs) You say, she accuses me of not caring when I try to point out the insanity of the ways she looks at life. That might be a little bit hard. I mean, maybe she's not real (laughs) happy. Most people don't like to be pointed out that they're insane. (laughs) Generally, I think that's true. If I'm saying it about myself, that's one thing. (laughs) Say three nice things about yourself right now. Yeah, exactly. Um. So, and then, you know, fathers, um, uh, when he was talking about, she's probably not capable of giving you the ideal relationship that you had in your mind all through childhood. And you well know that by the time you're your age, even though there's a part of the heart that still longs for that, that will there be a day, you know? One thing I just throw out there too, is maybe, again, and again, I, I don't know if your relationship would permit this, but again, there's a reason why your mother is like this. Mm-hmm. And maybe sometime asking her about herself, maybe before you were ever around, or listening to some of her story might help you to understand her a little better. And maybe get her off the yeah. topic too as well. But, yeah. you know, sometimes knowing those things or, um, you know, anyhow, that, that there's a reason there's a reason she is the way she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
That's right. And, and, and whether we know it or not, well, it, it doesn't. It, yeah. just, and, and whether she's even able to change that at this point in her life, sometimes, you know, it, people just do not change after. I, I, God, we're, we're all about hope here, right? Yeah, exactly. So maybe that can. We just need to keep on praying. But yeah. um, sometimes with dementia or things that come in, I, I mean, I can go either way, too. They can go from being you know, nasty to yeah. being really sweet, you know, or vice versa. So. But to know, again, again, like I said before, the other guys, try to keep the supernatural point of view alive. Mm-hmm. Think about heaven, where all these hurts, uh, you know, pray for your mother's salvation and work for you, you know, to cooperate with God's and, uh, and, and, and with you. And uh, so that maybe you can come to know your mother in heaven in a way in which maybe you never were able to know her here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I think. Always, 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 when we have some of these relationship issues that don't change or might not change, some things are are negotiable and some things are just kind of not. Right. And this might be one of those things that's not negotiable is how she's going to view things. And so always having the viewpoint of the cross there before you and that this is one of my crosses in life and i don't know how long she'll be with me but as long as she is i may have to carry this one you know and um never stop praying but also um don't drop your cross right offer it up honey as sister <laughs> Catherine Ritchie <laughs> used to say that's right yeah. offer it up <laughs> yeah and walk it with jesus mm-hmm. anything else father no no? Yeah. That's yeah. it. Really? Yeah, I think well, that's a... <laughs> all right. I guess we um, just always enjoy being together, and um, I think it's probably time that we have a closeout with a prayer. Good. Father. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Again, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate uh, having you with us. And we also appreciate your questions, so please do send them in at abidinginhope.com. We have um, some of Father Baker's homilies on the website as well, so you can listen to those. Um, And we also have the archives of the show there. We have the archives of the show and, of course, all the other great shows St. Gabriel has to offer at stgabrielradio.com. Uh, You can catch us on Mondays at 1230, and until next time, God bless you.